With all the noise in the world, do you hear the voice of God? Your calendar tells you what to do, but do you remember who you are? Being comes before doing. This is a call to put first things first. Return to the Lord with this daily pattern of prayer and devotion. Set aside this time as a sanctuary. Find a space free of distraction and follow this pattern. to be reassessing commitments and reevaluating priorities. In an age of resignation and reluctance, we have to ask, what matters most? In the month of November, we're focusing on the word recommitment, commitment to Christ, his church, and his mission in everyday life. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Prayer of Confession Jesus, you said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. I know, and you know better, that my love for you has faltered. Heart and soul are bent toward my selfish will. My mind is easily distracted, and my strength fails. But I know you are gracious. Forgive me. Show me loving kindness. Reform my heart and soul, mind and strength, that I may be fully devoted to you. Amen. God, I commit to you this day my soul, my body, and all my ways, deeds, and purposes. I pray you to open my heart and mouth, that I may praise your name. Your name is above all names. Grant that my life may be to your honor, and that I may serve you in love. Amen.
Our word today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1, 2, and 3. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possesses knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not know yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Our meditation today was written by Bobby Walston. In his 2011 book, Thinking Fast and Slow, the Nobel Prize winning social psychologist Daniel Kinnerman wrote something very interesting. There is a notion out there that self-awareness is a form of salvation, that if we know about our mental mistakes, we can avoid them. But it turns out self-knowledge is surprisingly useless. Even when we know why we stumble, we still find a way to fall. He is even brave enough to admit that he has decades of groundbreaking research and hasn't significantly improved his own mental performance. My intuitive thinking is just as prone to overconfidence, extreme predictions, or poor mental planning as it was before I made a study of these issues, he writes. Wow. If an expert like him hasn't been able to affect a change in himself through self-knowledge, what hope is there for any layman like you and me? Perhaps it should come as no surprise that the Apostle Paul juxtaposes knowledge with love in this passage, subordinating the latter for the former. Knowledge, after all, is partial. There are so many things that we can't know and that we don't know, both when it comes to ourselves and to the world around us. And even those things which we think we know for certain can change. I was taught growing up that Pluto was a planet, but astronomers have since declared it to be nothing more than a large hunk of rock. Nowhere in this uselessness of knowledge is more apparent than in personal relationships. We convince ourselves that if someone just knew how alienating some of their habits are, they would change. It's our job to inform them when we're chewing with their mouth open, laughing too loudly, blindly defending the hurtful behavior of a family member, and so on. Such nitpicking and nagging may never work. It may even have a destructive effect on the relationship but that rarely stops us from trying. The gospel frees us from the illusion that if we only knew more, things would be better. This is because the gospel is not about knowing. It's about being known. It is not about loving so much as being loved. Two are related, but in precisely the way Paul suggests. You can know someone and not love them, but you can't truly love someone without knowing them. Imagine if I locked my dog and my wife in the trunk of my car, which, of course, I never would, After an hour, only one of them is going to be glad to see me. The dog's love is unconditional, but he is ignorant. He doesn't know what I've done. My wife's love, on the other hand, is slightly more tenuous. She knows what I have done and can't help but affect her feelings for me, at least for that moment. Perhaps we think God is like our dog, that he loves us as long as he doesn't know what we've done. Or perhaps we think he is like our wife or husband, where he knows too much to feel good about us. The miracle of God's love is that he's both. He knows us and he loves us. So where are you putting faith and knowledge today, rather than the one who knows? Rest assured, it has not caught him off guard. He loves you still, and there is nothing partial about it. We pray. Heavenly Father, you know me fully, and yet love me completely. 
Focus my heart, soul, and my mind on you on this day, an author and perfecter of my faith. Amen. benediction. May the love of Jesus draw us to himself. May the power of Jesus strengthen us in his service. May the joy of Jesus fill our souls. May the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon us always. Amen.